Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man, a.k.a. Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. the man from the Midwest of the great state of Michigan. Thank you for listening, everyone. I am your main man of the maybe 25 to 35 minutes. I've been trying to do this uh, episode for the last 15 minutes. I've been recording myself over and over again. So I'd like to thank everyone who's listening. I'd like to thank Buzzsprout for distributing my podcast or being helpful of distributing my podcast. I'd like to thank um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, any other distributing uh, podcast platforms out there that uh, has my podcast to everyone else, for everyone else to listen to. So, so everyone's wondering why this is my called Crazy Dre Podcast Show. And I wanted to tell you folks this. The reason why I created this podcast is because I wanted people with a form of disability to be able to have a, a voice. And a voice that I want people to actually hear. I think there's a lot of men out there that don't get to be heard, that don't get to be talked to, that always are ignored. And, and there's no really platform for us because men with a disability, we don't get a choice to have people want to talk to us. We don't have a choice, all right? So we can't accept or we cannot deny people. We can only hope someone wants to talk to us. We can only wish that someone would talk to us. We want to wish that someone chooses to listen to us, but they don't have to listen to us because we don't actually exist. We're probably the only fewest people on the platform in the world that are totally ignored, okay? So, so everyone else has a group. The LBJTQ has a group. The uh, even the transgenders have groups. Uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter has groups. Uh, even white supremacy groups have people to, to talk to. Uh, women have groups. Uh, white men don't have groups because you put a bunch of white guys together that turn into a Ku Klux Klan meeting by accidentally. So they don't have groups. But I don't have a group. I can join the disability of Grand Rapids or Michigan or the handicap or anything like the uh, Special Olympics. But when you join those type of groups, you are being talked to down to from other people who are able-bodied people. So I wanted to create this podcast so that I get to have a, a time in my life to have a voice. And I thought, this is the best way of doing this, is creating a podcast. So <clears throat> now that you guys know this, now you must wonder why my name is Crazy Dre. I used to say the craziest stuff in the world. I used to talk about Malcolm X. I used to talk about conspiracies, UFOs. I used to talk about... Uh, Anything about sports conspiracies, players not, I mean, players not playing to, to, their, to their contract about the NBA or, or any other sport, the WWE's fake, or whatever I felt like it was necessary to, to, for the obvious eye, who are people that just didn't pay attention to, okay? So, so as I'm drinking my Crown Royal here, I'm talking to you people. So 
I'm at work, all right? I was at work today. So I've come across this huge problem. And this huge problem is this. As a man, as a person with a physical disability, I'm not being listened to. I'm not being heard. I'm being kind of overlooked. Uh, People have been saying that I might be a little difficult. But whose fault is that? All right. So I work at a rehab center. And this rehab center has got rooms. And these rooms are for patients who come in from the hospitals that get shot, that get into car accidents, that get into any type of uh, physical uh, disability, stroke, uh, seizure episode, or whatever. They need help to be able to move on their own or to help them learn how to walk or learn how to use a wheelchair and learn all this other stuff that they need to be functioning in the real world. So when I say this, I want people to understand this. I don't have a problem working there. I don't have a problem working with the patients because they're the ones that need the extra help. Okay? So basically all the therapists there, and particularly my job, the people that work my job are there to help patients as well. So you must be asking yourself, so what's to be the problem? Well, the problem is this. As a person with a disability, I got to listen to like five different people within the same day, within the same period of, um, of, of my work shift. Okay? So when I say this, I mean I have to listen to my, to my NSR manager. I have to listen to maybe the couple of the nurses that ask for requests. I have to listen to my other NSR uh, 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 employees when the diet changes or something changes. They let me know, okay? But here's the thing. When you make a policy between you and your department and you decide that there's a certain procedure that needs to be fulfilled or done in a certain way, you follow your, your manager's decision. However, when you go upstairs with the, where the nurses are, they think they have another policy that I can work with them, and they think that I can change stuff for them. But in reality, I can't. I'll give you an example. So every day I go around, ask the patients what they want to eat, for tomorrow because physical therapy is in there all day long. So we can't interrupt therapy one bit. So I go around, I go talk to the patients, I ask them what they want, I ask them if they want anything else, okay? So the next day comes by. This patient then decides, hey, look, this pancake and eggs and bacon isn't enough. I want more food. So... Remind you of this, there's a pantry of extra food, of, of applesauce or any type of fruit drink or any type of pop or, or anything to snack on. Now, the nurses think that I can then change the whole order when the order is already done and comply to the patient for anything that the patient wants. 
regardless of their heart healthy, regardless of their diabetics, regardless of their on a general diet, it doesn't matter. The nurses think that I can, and I should every time, order that patient more food if they request it. Now, the problem is this. If you got two different departments deciding on what, on what, uh, uh, on what they want to do, or the general, or what they're, how can I say this? I've, I've got two different departments that are telling me two different things, okay? But then I have to listen to both of, the, of these departments, and then I have to decide which one's right and which was wrong. But in reality, I don't have to listen to the nurses. I just have to talk to my, my management, my NSR management. But the thing is, is this. As a guy, because I follow orders of my, of my, management, my manager, and the nursing department is upset because I don't follow their orders, they make it out that I'm being difficult and they're saying that they do not like me up there. But it's not my decision that was made by my management group that certain meals, certain items are not to be ordered for the patient after their order is in on the following day. Okay? And this is something that I think if I was a girl and I were to say to the nursing group, to the nursing, say, I can't do that. Most likely they will respond with an agreement and say, oh, why not? Because my manager doesn't allow food to be ordered over and over again for a patient because we're running out of the food or it's not based on the policy that they have fit in for that item or that for that subject of that time period. They have to have a policy so that they, A, they have enough food, two, so that the other employees are able to do their job. So my job is to actually go around in circles to grab people's orders. If I were to stop by every room again for a patient that wants more food, I would never get nothing done for the next day. If you are following me, I think the only way that you can understand this is if you work in some part of nutrition or some part of a hospital or a rehab center and you have the kitchen that cooks the food. Okay? Now, I will say this, folks. I will say this. It is not that I don't like working there. It's that I have two different departments telling me what I have to do. Now, most of you are going to say, what's, well, what's the big deal? That's not me. You can still talk to your manager and the nursing staff. But it's the fact that they have two different policies. It's the fact that they don't have to listen to me or my request or my uh, pity party situation. So if I keep telling my managers that this isn't working and nursing still wants me to order food, your communications 
between the other department isn't working out for me at all. And I'm being blamed for something that is really out of my control. So, and I really do think that if I was a good-looking guy and I had a, say, a phenomenal, let's say I had a, a college degree and master's and, um, and food or nutrition or whatever, and I was doing my job, I think, I think those nurses would tell me, oh, okay, no big deal. But because I'm the only guy up there, they actually think that they can manipulate the situation as much as possible. I really do think they can. And I think, I think that they actually think that I would be dumb enough to just give that patient food. And they wouldn't take the blame for it if the patient had too much sodium and I gave him that food or they went too or I gave a, a patient with a limited amount of carbs that they, that that they can have per meal they would throw me under the bus so a patient with diabetes asked for more food and I was being told by the nursing staff to grab more food and then I gave that per patient more food and that patient went on a diabetic shock they would have blamed me for that. Oh, I just asked. I just asked Andre. I just figured it'd be no big deal. Oh, he should have listened to you. The NSR management. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to have that happen. So they would throw me under the bus. Okay. And that's really what would have happened. So if I listened to the NSR, I mean, if I listened to the nursing staff and I gave someone food that they weren't supposed to have, they would throw me under the bus. So I've said that like five times already in a row. But you have to understand, folks, men with a disability, we are never going to be heard of. We're never going to be talked to. We're never going to be listened to. They think I'm an, they think that I'm an obnoxious idiot. They think I'm just stupid. And if I didn't joke around at work, they think I would have some form of Asperger's or autism or something. And then I really would have been treated like a, like, uh, a really mental case study. So, so you have to understand that if I, to, if I would ever have a left hand, if I did have a left hand, I would never work in that field at all i don't know if i would have been a construction worker i don't know if 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 i would have been a, a guitarist or a drummer i don't know if i would have been a plumber but it, it is a very very stressful environment when you have to listen to a bunch of people most of them are women that a, they don't know what they're talking about, about the patient's diets. They give out the meds. The nurses give out the medication, but they have no idea about dietitian stuff. They just don't. And, and this is something that if you're a guy out there, 
and you were, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. When I was younger, I know I'm going a little bit everywhere. When I was younger, and I was struggling in school, in high school, now I was dead struggling in school. But I remember I was like 15 years old or 16, and I was in school. And then during the summer, I went to get a job, and the neighbor of mine had a rental place for linen. So they rented out companies, businesses, hotels, restaurants, where would rent out linen for sheets, for covers, for tabletops, napkins, the whole bit. That was my, that's what I had to do. In the summer, I basically separated linen from sizes. And I remember this. My parents were so thankful, especially my dad, because he thought that I was going to work there for, for the rest of my life, pulling linen and ruining my shoulders or one, or one shoulder and stand there for 12 hours shift pulling linen okay and that was the type of job that a lot of people thought that i would have for, for the rest of my life and at that time i didn't make enough money to even live on my own so when i graduated high school that was basically where my parents thought i was going to be for the rest of my life and this is my one of my first jobs and it was downtown Grand Rapids, and I loved it because it was downtown. It was a little crusty. It was a little dirty. Uh, there was a lot of trouble in the evening times on Fulton Diamond. And this is in the 90s. But people really did think that I was going to be working there for the rest of my life. And and I remember that summer, I didn't have a... I, I think that summer I didn't have a a driver's license either. So either I I I had to drive myself there but because I didn't have my driver's license or a car my parents my parents drove me there and it bugged the shit out of my dad. It pissed him off. I could just tell. He was annoyed, but he was but he but my parents adopted a disabled child is basically what happened. And when you, so when you adopt a disabled child, you know what happens? That child grows up to be a man. It really does. Or a boy or man boy or whatever you want to call me. Whatever it is that you want to call me. All right? So, so when you grow up as a disabled person or a disabled man, you're never gonna get that you're never gonna gain that respect from other people in full hundred percent. You might be a very smart person and you might be able to do your computer job like other people that can't move their feet but they're always on a typewriter and they can't walk but they can do stuff at home and type away. You can do that as a disabled person that can't use your feet. But clearly, you're never going to be fully respected. And that's how I felt. And that's how actually I feel about even working at this rehab center. It doesn't matter how common sense or logical that I am. It really doesn't. 
it just doesn't matter. And it just bugs the crap out of me. And you know what? In the past, I used to lose jobs that way. I used to get real mad, real frustrated, and then I would quit. Okay? Because I had no way of of giving out my uh, frustration without saying something stupid or or walking out of the job. And this happened a couple of times. So I'm not going to say I'm proud of it, but it just did. So I want, I want people to be informed. If you are going to have a disabled child, you better do your homework. And I don't care if you've got a child with a form of dis, uh, Down syndrome or Asperger's or autism or some form of a cerebral palsy or a stroke. I mean, you really got to think about what you're doing. You just really, really do. Because in one of my first podcast episodes, I talk about this. And I'm always going to talk about this when I get frustrated at work. And as you can tell, if I had a girlfriend or a wife or somebody to talk to, I probably wouldn't do this podcast. Because I would probably be talking to her or I probably would be on a date with her right now. Or just coming home. But people with disabilities, men with disabilities, we don't get opportunities just anytime we want. We just don't. We get overlooked. We just do. And as I drink my Crown Royal, I want people to realize that, yeah, life is tough. But your life is never going to be tough as mine. Your life is never going to be tough as a person with Down syndrome. Your life is never going to be tough enough, tough as a person with their legs amputated off because of war or they or being uh, shot in the head, and then they're almost like a vegetable. So anyone out there that's complaining about how bad their life is, you have a choice to change your life. You have two good arms. You have two good legs. You're... Your brain is probably 85% good. Probably really, really, it really, really is. Probably is really good. And you can go back to school. And you can learn new programs. You can learn new stuff. But I don't ever want anybody to tell me that my life is about just being alive. No, I can never chase my dreams. I can never chase my dreams. I can never play the guitar. My left hand don't work. You know, I want people to understand that because of my left arm that doesn't work, I've always been a little hesitant to live out my life. So what's happening is that in my 30s, and I discussed this in the past, in my 30s, after I kind of lost all my friends because I was a jerk, I would say dumb stuff. I was living in a small apartment and they never changed the carpet. It didn't matter how many times you vacuumed that place. It was always dirty, okay? I live in the state of Michigan. We got snow. We got sleet. We got rain. We got all the four seasons, okay? And my apartment wasn't really that dirty. It was just, you know, it was just not clean. And what happens is that 
is that when you're not included in a social environment, you almost become a hermit. And I was never really a hermit type of personality. I wanted to go out. I wanted to do stuff. But this is what would happen. I would go to a bar in Wyoming, and I would drink with all the regulars, and I came to find out they don't even like me. And 95% of the times, I didn't even talk to them. Okay? But you know what? I'm going to tell you this. I want to go golfing with people. They knew I like go, go they knew that I like to go golfing. And guess what? And guess what? They didn't invite me to go golfing with them. They just looked at me like a like I was a complete idiot. They pretend I wasn't even there. Okay? True story. This is this has happened my whole life. So as I am, so people are talking about going golfing. People are talking about doing stuff, and they need a fourth person, and there I am, just standing there at the bar with them, and they're totally ignoring me, totally ignoring me. So I don't know, man. If you're disabled, you got it rough, man. You really do. I mean, there is no, there's nothing worse than being a disabled person, okay? I'm being honest. Gay people have more rights than we do, okay? They really do. They can go anywhere they want to go. They can create their own community. Uh, if someone doesn't like them, they can keep on moving on, okay? Men with a disability, there's not a lot of us around. And our disability is all so different from each other. Some people have a very dis, a very uh, severely mental case, and they can't communicate with me or anyone else. Some people can't walk at all, and they have to use the go bus, so they're a bus that takes them around. And it's and it's rough. So, so and the fact that we are never going to, people with disability, we don't develop great relationships. We develop relationships with people that people feel sorry for us. Oh, you, oh, this is so cute. Oh, you're so nice. Oh, oh, and it's just pathetic. We don't have, gen, we don't have generally good friends. We have good acquaintances. We get invited to bowling leagues and then we're the kind of the gimmick of the monkey in the group and people think it's cute that I'm a good golfer or I like to golf or I like to bowl or whatever. And I hate it. Treat me as an equal. So when I talk about people at work and how they don't respect the fact that I have to listen to my NSO management and they think that I can just do whatever they want me to do. It's not even a good. That's not even a good reason to, to. I don't know what it is. It's just stupid, okay. You can't think that I'm that stupid to give people food when they're not supposed to have food, or we change our policy about food. 
you can't think that I'm just going to give you what you want because you're because you're a g- girl or you think I'm supposed to worship your feet because you have a vagina. Like I can't believe okay. I'm not going to go there like the negative a-hole that I could be. But I do think that certain times certain sexes in this situation women think that because they're a girl that they think the guy is going to listen to whatever she says. Okay. There is an aspect of this male and female dynamics. I can't even pronounce that word right at all. So, when a man is disabled and he is around women who are not disabled, he automatically becomes the less person in the group. So, in other words, women are higher in society with men with disability, if that makes sense. So, women will say or think that they have more right to tell me that I am wrong simply because I have a disability. Hypothetically, that's a subconscious ideology that I have. And based on human rights, we're both equal. But in reality, we're not equal. She has more authoritative possibilities over me because I'm disabled. Okay? But in but in my standard, I don't care about that. But they do. So if I don't listen to them, they think that this guy who's disabled is being more difficult than I can ever imagine. And my boyfriend or husband doesn't treat me the same way. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because you or the woman doesn't talk down to her, her husband or boyfriend that she respects. So there's a difference. So that's why your husband or your boyfriend never gives you that bad uh, look or that questioning uh, thought. So if you would ask your husband a stupid question and he gave you a good answer, you would say, oh, okay, that makes sense. But if I were to do that and ask you, why would I give a patient more food when we're not allowed to give them more food, you think I'm being more difficult. No, it's a good question. If I'm not allowed to give the patient more food, I have to listen to my boss. Okay? So, so if you decide, and I know I'm going everywhere right now, but if you do decide to have disabled children, either by birth or adoption or, or through some, some agency, I want you to really think about what you're going to do when that child grows up. 
because it's not a fun road. It is, life is a long, long road. We may only be here for like 60 or 85 years at the max, and maybe some of us live to 110 years old. But life is very, very long. It is long. It is just so long. And just imagine if you're a disabled man. It is twice and three times longer because everything slows down. You lose your friends. You don't create great relationships with the opposite sex. You you become isolated because everyone is moving along with their life. They created their families. They created their life. They got their kids. They go on vacations. They can afford their vacations. And then people with disability, we get undercut. We don't get paid as much as, as if I was an able-bodied person. If I was an able-bodied person, I can guarantee you I would be making $20,000 more a year. And then I could actually really start dating any girl that I would think that was attractive. And if she thought I was attractive, we could combine our income together and start a family. But I'm telling you, folks, I'm telling you, folks, when you are born with a disability, it is a long, long road to nowhere. Ozzy Osbourne. That is my life story. That's how life is for disabled people. The road to nowhere. Now, some people are like, well, that's an Ozzy Osbourne song. Yeah, Ozzy has a different meaning to that song, but I have a different meaning to that song. So, <clears throat> I think I'm going to end it right there. Uh, I think that if you are a man and you are working in a field of where you're not respected as a man, I think you really need to question why you're still there or what do you want to do with your life. I'm going to say this. If your hands still work and your legs do not, learn as much as possible about computer programming or any computer equipment, IT stuff, you may only make forty to $50,000 a year, but you'll be all right. You'll be all right. And for the rest of you people who are questioning why I'm still at this facility, it's because I need to stop quitting jobs because people don't respect me. Okay. Or or women want to like to talk down to me. Or other men who think they're too smart but they're dumb as a rock. I gotta stop getting upset about that. I can't help it. So I think I think people need to realize that you have to be smart. And you have to be on your feet. And you have to just really keep going. All right, folks. That is my episode. 
on my podcast, the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. Uh, I vented a little bit about work. Probably it's probably a good idea and a bad idea. Because a, if I have one of my coworkers ever listen to this, that they're gonna flip out. But, but you know what? I'm glad I did it, because every man or every woman with a disability needs a voice. And that's who I am. I am your voice. So thank you for listening to Crazy Dre Podcast Show. Thank you, Buzzsprout. Thank you, Apple Podcasts. Thank you, Spotify. Thank you, other uh, platforms of podcasts out there. Uh, peace, love, and uh, keep on working. And uh, hope for the best for all of you. All right. Peace.